You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Welcome back to another episode of The Elevator's Cut. I am one of your hosts, Jason Wheeler. And you got your other host, Roger Gaddis, the other end of the table. We're back at the table. That's right. The conference table with a bunch of random stuff on it, but we're sitting far enough apart to be uh, socially distant. We were doing that before it was a government mandate. Yeah. I hate people, so this works out perfectly. Held it. Uh, Anyways, today... We are going to be talking spreads. We've talked spreads before, but this year has definitely been a little different on the spread front. So we're actually, it's, as it's written on the board, it spreads with a Z. That makes it different, according to Twitter. Spread season. <laughs> That's right. So, let you know, and mainly the focus, instead of getting into all of the, the fundamentals of spreads... Which, you know me, I'm not a fundamentalist anyway. I, I just do things as I see fit. Um, Drinking Baptist down there. There you go. Making fish happen. Hey, the spread thing, more uh, uh, focus this episode on what they've done, corn and bean-wise. You know, wheat's wheat's wheat. Let's, let's focus on corn and beans because that's what people, the kids love to talk about. What it's done since, say, summertime until now with all of the changes, and here we are middle of november and we've had reports come out that have disappeared bushels and reappeared china and all these things anyway spreads have done some wonky stuff and it's fun again let's make spreads fun again well we've done it thank you traders and speculators in china and usda whoever did it thank you because here we are and we're having conversations and what's fun about this you know especially with inversions and flat markets uh for sure, beans and somewhat in the corn, we haven't seen this in a long time. I feel old because it's like, well, the other day we had all these inverted markets. Well, that was eight years ago. Um, so what's fun about our job is that you've seen them, I've seen them, but a lot of our customers are new to the business in the last several years and never seen this or traded it. And while it can be nerve-wracking, it's good to see and point out the opportunities that exist here because there are certain things that come along with inverted and flat markets that you don't have and don't get to take advantage of in traditional carry markets. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I didn't realize we were having fun, but that, I guess that's why Randy passed out these party hats today. I should, I should make these pre-show meetings probably more often than I know what's going on. I you mean, didn't get the memo? No. But it was out facts. Spreads are fun. See, I thought they were miserable, and we all hate ourselves over spreads right now. Is that not? <laughs> well, it depends if you made a good decision setting them or not. <clears throat> yep, and good decisions are, of course, determined by the outcome that every time <laughs> that happens later. <laughs> uh, no, so we're not going to talk about oat spreads, huh? That's what I had done all my research on, so that's that's too bad. I was told oats nose. <laughs> so, it uh, reminds me of that one time that oats nose. We uh, so yeah, corn and beans. They they've been plenty interesting uh, on on their own this year. They were here for a while, then they went away, <laughs> then they came back. Your thoughts? <laughs> yep. 
Well, which one do we want to dig into first? Let's go with beans because okay. beans has more um, or less uh, enigma wrapped around them for what they've done this this season. So uh, prior to say 2016, I guess I think maybe a 15 crop was the last time we had some flattish few maybe inversions in the beans or, or some, not as big a carries anyway. Yeah. And then prior to that, it was always an inversion, at least in the summertime in 12, inversion right off the bat. But, you know, mm-hmm. prior to that, it was normal to have no carries past May for sure. And even then, the carries that existed from Nove to Jan to March to May were not near where they needed to be to actually pay any significant amount of your carrying charge to carry beans. So you just sold them. Just get rid of it. Good beans a sold bean, right? Yes. That's where you say yes. Okay. <laughs> so here we are this year. We we had um uh we come in in the summertime and and with the bean crop and rumblings of exports and then the rumblings became reality and bean mill crush margins went up and he had all these things driving beans to uh, not show any carry in the board and boy howdy did they not they flip-flopped under pretty quick you might even call it backwardation <laughs> if you want if you want to is so that's a real word is that a real word language is a fluid concept but i think that's so true. that's true so um yeah we did so we had i think at one point we had i think triple the amount of exports that we had versus this time last year so it it's been while i I think we did grow nationally probably a a pretty decent bean crop there wasn't some disaster or anything but you know we're coming off a pretty low stocks to use uh as far as was left over from last crop but grew a decent crop so in those situations typically house spreads act is that it takes a while to build carry back you usually have to have a few good crops with some carryover to to build some real good spreads anyway so um so you, you did have that but the the export demand has is what's been really driving this thing uh crazy but yeah so like you were saying it's been less of an enigma is that what you said yeah. i don't i don't even know what that means more or yes. less it could be but anyways it's been it's been pretty much flatter inverted the whole right. time so it's it's not like uh oh th- is this a carry is this an inversion yeah. like like with corn i think early in the year first quarter maybe part of spring there were some carries in the beans on the nearby of the or not nearby but the early of the marketing season for 20 i'd have to go back and look but anyway those have been gone a long time but one of the things you know if we look at the what what basically an inversion is telling you in any futures market is you know don't carry this grain Whatever is inverted, don't carry it because the market wants it now. So along with that comes usually, and this year was no exception, higher basis. And we for sure saw that with beans and specifically on the river system early on, up until two weeks ago when stuff broke finally, when barge freight went through the roof and capacity kind of hit its capacity. Mm-hmm. See what it did there? Yeah. I now inverbed. Yeah. And, but, but like I said, so it's, uh, it's a big incentive for the basis trader. The the spreads are telling you, hey, get rid of it sooner than usual. And and with the basis trader uh, grain elevator, typically you want to get rid of beans soon anyways, even in a year where you do have carry, because the carries 
struggle to cover the costs. And the last couple of years they had uh, covered cost, but, um, but you're just kind of treading water really mm-hmm. anyways. And they're so capital intensive. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, get the money and uh, carry this corn position if if you got to right. carry in that. Right. So, um, so anyways, more incentive to move it quicker. And, you know, really it's been incentive – the crazy, the of course, thing that we're going to look back on in 2020, it, I don't think there's any real hallmark of, of anything big that's happened in the entire year in any industry. It's been pretty ho-hum. Um, yeah, it's been nothing. But what one thing we will look back on is the rally during harvest. And that's been crazy uh, to see. That doesn't happen a lot. And I mean, and it's not just, hey, the prices went up a little at harvest. Uh, it, it's been crazy. Uh to the moon, rocket ships, if you will, have been involved in uh, emojis on, on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like stonks, they've gone. Only the one way to go. That's <laughs> up, man. <clears throat> but so, so that's been the really cool. So from the elevator standpoint, the, the other side of this, of course, and this applies to corn and beans, is a lot more ownership has passed uh has passed from the farmer to the elevator because it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to turn down $10 beans and turn down for what? (laughs) And then $11 beans and so on. So it's, it's uh, it gets harder and harder to turn it, turn it down. So, um, so you get a lot of ownership at the elevator level, a lot of money deferred into next year. So the elevator is, even though they have bought a lot haven't maybe had the big cash flow expenditure like you would expect so it's been pretty good and and this is of course it's hard to get short the basis when everybody's selling you mm-hmm. all their beans or you know all the, the time. guys that usually dp probably aren't dping as much and though there's still some out there but overall the percentage of beans on dp across the industry i gotta think is down mm-hmm. more than a margin of error percent this year it's Again, just because the price is high and everybody's more bullish on corn and, and what it can do uh, as a as a result of, you know, what the rallies have done here lately. But, you know, despite all that, <clears throat> what the market generally, when, when it's inverted, is just telling you as the merchandiser, you're going to be selling sooner. That's really what it comes down to. You're going to be selling sooner than you would. It doesn't matter what crop, corn, beans, wheat, um, but we're talking about beans here, but Whereas you might try to carry beans a few months after harvest, get uh, not necessarily for the carry because carry is going to cost you four and a half, five cents a month. And maybe the spreads cover that last couple of years. Maybe they don't, depending on what you set them at. But you're going to see some of that basis pop and you're going to take it and then be done with it. Well, that time's even more compressed now. Yeah. So we're, we're finding ourselves in a lot of instances, like, like you said, a lot of ownership at harvest. So the time between when you buy the bean and sell it is compressed. Typically, when that happens, that's you're just Tracy Hinkle calls a spot market mongrel. Any other time of year, you do that. Your 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 ability to generate a big margin is compressed as well because as a you know as a hedger as a base trader, you, you you need time in some form between the buy and the sell to have opportunity. Well, this is happening in such a compressed time frame. You would think the margin isn't there, but that's not the case because of the just big. spreads between basis that we've seen in such a short amount of time so at worst i think 
a lot of the people I've talked to in the inner part of the country, the middle middle part of the country, the main grain, grain growing part of the country, have seen typical normal bean yield, uh, bean margins in just a month or two from harvest, you know. They've seen that 30, 35 cent margin. You get out in the fringe areas and it goes up even more because then you have, say in Pennsylvania, you have export container market competing against processors and there's a huge spread there and guys are seeing 50, 60 cent margins for essentially back-to-back trading. It's incredible. So there is margin ability to be had there. And I think Phil sent out a a survey of the customers here a while back and just said, hey, where do you fall on beans above average margin, normal or below? And most of the responders to that survey said above average on their bean margins this year. So um, don't fight that. If you can make good margins now, I've always carried beans. Maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, a lot of folks I talk to, you go in and basis is stronger than usual, and their harvest ownership number is, and so you just, you think it's going to be harder to make money this year. So there's no carry, and I'm buying basis higher than usual at harvest. Prices are, are strong and everything, and so you think that's kind of the recipe for, ugh, probably not much much margin but the the basis a skilled basis trader in what it what these so going back to i mean spreads and what they communicate years like this when you have flat inverted spreads a lot of people just say well you know elevators make money from carrying grain and picking up carries so these years they're not really going to make any money they tread water you know and try to get by but that's just the opposite what we've seen is years like this basis is more volatile spreads themselves are more volatile too and so staying on top of of um you have to manage your position make sure it's versus the right month and everything but that what it what it does is it opens yourself up to a lot of change in basis and spreads which hey guess what so <laughs> that's how a uh, basis trader makes money so there is opportunity for the uh the aggressive seller and the person who I know Roger's not a fundamentalist, but can keep with the fundamentals of position management, which is boring and all that stuff. But man, it's, it's nothing like a year like this that will, if, if you're off even a little bit, um, it can, well, I, I mean, it can be one way or the other, right? Huge windfall that you weren't expecting or a, a big loss you weren't expecting. And of course, in the grain business world you don't have big margins you can just give away 40 cents here and there you know so um but if you're so if you're not on top of your position management that's that can be an issue and you know a common trope in environments like this is that uh, you know big inversions and high basis and coincidentally high board prices is that's hard to stay short the basis. It's hard to even get short the basis. Yeah. You, you know, again, you don't have near the DP probably. Uh, people are selling you stuff, and you're just at the elevator trying your best to keep stuff sold and going and, and, and taking margin off the table, and it's really tough. You know, it's tough a lot of years just to stay even on your position, but years like this, it seems like it's really tough to stay to get short and stay short because that's what the spreads are telling you to do. They're telling everyone else to do that too, so everybody's yeah. trying to do it. Yeah, even – even uh, people who aren't real sharp basis traders know I can't carry into an inverse, right? It's going to hurt me. You roll into an inverse, it's not good. 
So everybody's trying to do that, and you think you got enough soul, but like you said, mm-hmm. before you know it, you don't realize it, but if you're not w- watching your positions every day, I'm along the basis. It's roll day, and i got to roll this short position to the next month, and there's a, you know, whatever inverse. Mm-hmm. So it's it definitely takes uh, being vigilant and, and monitoring that. And so with that, uh, the reason I talk about the position management and staying on those fundamentals is because – the rewards in years like this are to the aggressive seller, I think, and and to out of the spot market too. So sometimes, so there's an inverse, but a processor, a user, a fear, they still need the bushels to secure for some period out there that's past the inverse, right? And so they will pay you a basis that will make up for that. Mm-hmm. And so guys can lock that in. However, if you, what makes that basis good is the current spread Mm -hmm. and if that current spread changes a lot which it does in years where you have flattened inverted markets they do they can change pretty violently one way or the other if you don't lock that spread in now all of a sudden that good good sale can become terrible right so walk with me down this road a little bit so let's say even jan Uh, my walking shoes here we go (laughs) let's say even jan's a great number to sell right and there's a 15 cent inverse to March, right? So even Jan would be 15 over March equivalent. And this guy, say, say uh, some user wants to wants to buy versus March, and they give you a 25 over number. So that's 10 cents better than even Jan. But that's you know you got to carry it a little longer and all that. But that's a good number. That's definitely a good number, right? And you you can lock in March because with your ownership, say you can lock in a good. 40, 50 cent margin, whatever it is. That's good for your area. You lock that in, you make the sale. If you keep your hedges in the nearby on that ownership, so you bought it and you've sold versus Jan and you own it at 50 under, great. And I got 25 oversold um, for March, great. There's a 15 cent inverse and that, you know, that makes me my money. So great. All that sounds good. If you don't do anything at that point, you just set the basis. I know you haven't exchanged futures yet, so you don't have a position, but you are going to. You know that now. And if you do nothing and that Jan March inverts another 30 cents, that just came right out of your margin. You know, so what made that 25 over good is the current spread. So that's what I talk about when, that's what I mean when I say, hey, you got to stay vigilant on Mm -hmm. matching. Because the point of spreads for a merchandiser is to, match a purchase and a sale together bring them together Mm -hmm. in a way that protects your margin and if you've got the purchase and the sale made or or just one you have to preserve that right uh and and that that happens with with spread management i think of um so i i I coach little league baseball and stuff and, and you get these kids and they're you know they know the fundamentals they they've known you know i'm i'm working with junior high kids so they they've been playing for a while you hit them grounders and the ones that are good, you know, they, they can kind of hot dog it. Right. So they're backhanding it when they don't have to, they're reaching out and doing, doing all this stuff. And, and, um, they're not, not fun. Then I back up a little bit and I just start hitting them as hard as I can. And they come on them fast. And these guys, if you don't, if you don't break down to the fundamentals at that point, you're in big trouble. You can't be doing the hot dog stuff, uh, as, as much when the, when the ball's coming fast. And this is the same sort of deal with, with spreads. Like, 
you know, hey, we can be lackadaisical. Eh, you know, it rolls off a couple cents more at the end and blah, blah, blah. You know, we'll keep our position wherever, see what happens. And, you know, stuff kind of works out at the end of the year. Maybe you get calls on roll days. You know, who cares? You know, it, it all <laughs> it all shakes out in the end and, you know, margins are fine. Years like this, that that just won't happen. Um, it, it'll be it, – it can be crazy. I think the point you made about whether it's a basis – purchase or sell or price they're still you're, you're still connecting one futures month to another so and this 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 rule applies whether it's carry market or inverted market doesn't matter if you've got the purchases already made in one month and you've already got a sell made in another month when you made that sell nine times out of ten you figured some margin that day for making that sell what would i make set the spread just like Jason said, if you don't, it, it's, it's subject to change. If you've already got a buy and a sell made, the decisions were in there, uh, more so on the sell side than the buy side, to secure some kind of margin when you took those actions, set the spread. You, you, you don't need anything else from that spread. You need it set that day. Right. That's what you need as a merchandiser. If you want to spec on a spread, go open another account and spec in it. You don't do it with your physical grain. That's right. It doesn't take all the overhead of a grain business to speculate on spreads if that's what you want to do. So don't, no point in risking the capital of a business uh, to do that because the you you got to just keep remembering what business you're in, and you're in the business of trading basis and and uh, I guess you know logistically bringing the grain from the farm to the end user. You're you're part of that chain. And that's your business, and and to be rewarded for that, obviously, and and make a profit from that. And the way you do that is not speculate on spreads. It doesn't take all the, you know, paying for people's health insurance and stuff. You don't have to do all that to spec on spreads. I think the best part, uh, and um, I like telling people this and hearing the light bulb click on it, the best part about inverted markets like this, specifically with the beans, but any, any inverted market, is that uh, you know people say oh that feels weird not carrying any grain very far out of harvest we're in a grain business there's two sides to every transaction there's there's two sides price has cash and and futures you know there's two sides to every transaction if your grain bin's empty it means your bank account's full which one would you rather have the market tells you to carry grain or to carry cash this year you're carrying cash brother be done. You can go do all those fun things in the spring that you, you know, go get family pictures made in beautiful snowy fields that, you know, your wife's been at you for years to go do. And you're like, I can't. I'm selling beans. Well, not this year, brother. You're headed to the slopes to get your pictures made. Whatever it is, there is there is life other than carrying grain well out of harvest. And this year proves that. And if, if you're worried about cash like Randy, you could just have it in gold, too, is what he says. So, there you go. That's gold berries. So speaking of gold, uh, let's switch over to corns. Nice transition, Chief. Is that I mean, I don't know. But corn corn has been corn this year. Fun. Looking back, going through it, it was terrible. But now looking back, it's like this has been pretty fun, right? I'm probably gonna get hate mail for that yep. statement, but from me, yeah. You know, so corn. We come out of the summer growing season projections of a big crop i mean we had derecho and we had burn up spots but overall big amount and big carryover that was the bigger story i think and um so as we got into harvest you had some rally pressure from the beans pulling corn up too but then you had exports picking up for corn and then you had the big report come out that 
just disappeared some bushels from carry out and <laughs> and things got a little bent out of shape so to speak on the ball on the old balance sheet and spreads responded accordingly as they should have and they went flat i don't know what did these these march went to what two or three cents at one point or was it narrower it was than that? even yeah, I, I know to even in july was yeah, in the to, single digits right you know so pretty well so so when that happened at the same time beans were fairly good inverted you mm-hmm. know J- dove jan was seven or eight cents inverted or something i don't don't quote me on the numbers it was all inverted but as a merchandiser to elevate it's harvest time I'm already seeing bean spreads tell me get rid of all the beans. So logistically, I'm trying to get rid of as many beans before Nov rolls off the board as I can. Now I've got the prospect of corn having inversions or flat markers not paying me. Now I got to get rid of as much corn as I can before D rolls off the board. What's going on? You know, and in a lot of markets, the corn basis was responding in kind and good. Specifically in the fringe markets, holy smokes, basis went through the roof on corn. And it's been that way for a month or so, even before the spreads really got wonky. But, you know, it was setting up as a perfect situation of lots of money to be made. We're constrained by logistics now. Um, but in the last week or so, that's kind of changed. Corn has built some carries back in. It's some, some what you'd call healthy carries. I mean, Dece March today's around a dime carry. Yeah. That's good. I mean, it costs you, say, two cents a month conservatively to carry corn. So that's paying you 200% of your interest right there. That's great. If you went through that time when it was narrow and you got all this corn you can't possibly move or get sold before then, now the market's giving you a second chance. You better get that stuff rolled, son. <laughs> yeah, of course, by the time you hear this, that It'll be changed again. <laughs> because our lag time on, pub, on releasing these is a little bit. <laughs> you know, I want to go down this trail just for a, a moment here but it, isn't it funny everybody we, we got our ideas oh spreads have to be this and they have to be that and oh with this environment it's going to be this you know, roger and i were, were brokers so so we we just get after it's over and say well obviously Duh. you know you should when looking back on this you saw of this course this, this would have happened yeah i mean have you never heard of china those people <laughs> eat like you wouldn't believe it and uh anyways and stockpiles you know you guys know about that and you know you, you piles of stock everywhere. <laughs> we, so it's funny because we did um, we did a meeting in it was August twentieth. I remember that date, and it was of course the rally started and carries started going away as a result, like they do in most rallies. Carries go away, uh, inversions get worse when when the market starts rallying most of the time, generally. So. In early September is when this rally started, I believe. And so August 20th, we're sitting there. I think Dece July was like 26-ish cents, you know? And every, 26, 28 maybe even. I don't know. But uh, so we're sitting there and we're like, hey, you know, this is paying good cost of carry, well over cost of carry. And everybody in the room is just like, come on, man. This you, you can put all those numbers up there that you want and try to tell me this is a good spread, but we all know we got a huge carryover. We got a big crop coming. Look around my the fields of my elevator. Everything looks great. This was over in Illinois and uh, eastern Illinois. But anyways, the, <laughs> everything looks great. This isn't going – and, you know, honestly, I'm sitting there saying, you know, I look at things at risk-reward, right? So – Okay, 
they you know think it's going to go to 40 cents. I don't know what they think it's going to go to. They, much more lots, than the carry more. we've got now. I, I get it. And I see why. They're all good points, right? You have a huge crop, a huge supply. You get big carries. And we haven't really tested these new storage rates at CME. And, oh, just so much. So many reasons. And But what's your risk, of course, is that it goes away. Well, in this situation, do spreads really go away? I mean, they, what's your risk? It's, there's really not mo- any risk to waiting. So this is my thoughts on August 20th. <laughs> and what, two weeks later, three weeks later, it's like rally to the moon and July's too. You know? Right, <laughs> I guess there was a risk that it goes away. <laughs> so that's a good lesson, though, to learn. Absolutely. Is, is, hey, spreads never, no matter how hard you feel about they... <laughs> need to be this way or that way it they can they can easily do other things that's why none of us can we we can't predict the future you know right well it's just like you said fundamentally it comes back to what do you need spreads to do as as a merchandiser and um is where you come in and again this is echoes exactly what grain originators tell their producers all the time use seasonality use the calendar along with price targets to get stuff done and have some drop dead dates for stuff so if it's corn spreads maybe you start off the spring season and you put in targets for 25 percent of what you historically will need now the whole argument of i don't know what i'm gonna take in look at your history you know the number you're always going to have some portion of or at least a percentage a high percentage chance of getting x amount of bushels every year you gotta start with something or don't if you don't want to do it. Whatever, it's fine by me. Anyway, if you want to be proactive, you're an adult. Do what you you're want. You're an adult. Do what you want to do. Just keep on it. Vote. I don't care. Don't vote. Who exactly. Cares? You can do whatever. Drink you want. fresca. Not. I don't care. Yeah, whatever. whatever. But you go and you you use a calendar and you know you put in targets and you get them and say you get to July Fourth week, national pollination. You know for corn, generally accepted as. If you don't have half your corn spreads needs set. Set them wherever they're at. If the crop looks good. If the crop looks good, you're going to have a crop. If the I states look like they're going to have a crop, set spreads, you know, again, as long as they work and as long as they are paying, you know, 100% of cost of interest or better, set them. You got half done. If you get to harvest and you didn't set another half and they invert, well, averages tell me that you're going to come out better than if you had done nothing at all. You know, use some protection. That's that's the whole reason you pre-spread is a defensive mechanism. Yeah. And if you're a if you are also an end user who relies on carrying corn out of harvest and you have to because you've got to make feed for animals in the winter time or whatever, you best be getting on the boat, son. <laughs> yeah, it's protection. Like you said, that's why we look at things a lot of times in terms of cost to carry. Hey, does this cover the interest cost? And and if it does, and then some, which corn usually will a lot, you know, hey, let's do it. Is our business to try to pick the highest spread? No. Correct. No. Uh, I mean, like you said, it goes back to what's your business. And if it's if your business can only be successful because you pick the highest spread, you're in the, you're not in the business of uh, of you know, a normal basis trader, grain elevator. I mean, you need to, um, you need to be setting it. And it's, it's like, you know, going back to the origination thing with, Hey, one or two out of 10 years, you know, you, this happens and are you prepared for it? And, and, and like you said, even if we're, Hey, it, 
if I set it at 26 and it goes to 38, I'm going to feel, well, if you've set 33% of your needs, how, how much did you really miss out on? Really, what's your average going to be and all that? But if you don't set any, just because, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you're trying to raise your, maybe it'll raise your average by four or five cents if you, it versus it all goes away. You had 28 cent carry. Logistically, a lot of folks don't have the ability to move everything they have before the first roll or first couple rolls even or you know or, or some people just have to have or you so got to load trains every month or so whatever it is you, it, it's you, you ha- if your business relies on on there being some carry there you better have some carry there right yeah yeah of course all or never doesn't really apply in our business but i think most years for corn the ability to get more than your cost of interest locked in ahead of harvest exists with fairly good regularity yeah i think and again i don't go back and i'm not a numbers wonk but uh just from personal experience i think that is the case yeah and, and you know and so that's the big lesson we can learn, you know, you always look back, and I, I try not to be the typical broker speak, right? You look back. Well, Too obviously, late. we're lining up for this, and you should have thought, like— Are you talking about planetary angle lines again? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Wherever Uranus is, but <laughs> it was— Cover in, it with it, Jupiter. It was in a bind for a while, and that's all. And uh, But anyway, you, you see— this stuff happened and, and i was as like i said I, my deal was hey what's your risk it's not going to go away we got too much corns but we apparently didn't have too much corn and so um so we never know one of the interesting things on corn this year uh when it comes to spreads is that um, not a lot of people not a lot of buyers had a bunch of corn on the books going into harvest before the rally happened and that's been the case for a couple of years now but it was seemed to be really really bad state of affairs uh people that typically have x amount of percent on their books going into harvest had well below normal this year on corn and um so you know that was i think one of the reasons why there wasn't many corn spreads set ahead of time uh, because we didn't have anything on the books now does that mean that that's a viable reason no it does not, but it, you know, humans being human, if you got a bunch of stuff bought, you get a little more impetus to get stuff spread on out that you know you're going to carry. And a friend of mine, listener to the show, said that he was going to put a note because uh, he, you know, same thing as everybody else, just seeing what spreads did and, and went away and uh, thankfully come back. But have a note on the side of his computer that says, you know, I will buy corn every year. I will need spreads every year. And then under that, another note that says, even if I don't have anything bought right now, I will buy corn, you know. And that's that's true. You know, we don't have to wait to own something to set a carry spread on it. Mm-hmm. That's that's They exist mutually exclusive. You can do one before the other. You don't have to do them at the same time. So I think having a reminder or having some kind of accountability there, and again, this comes back into digging into your own data and knowing what you have uh, and what you're going to get and doing a grain flow and having grain flows for multiple years to know what your flow each month is going to be. Back to your fundamentals, I always have X amount in, in the JFM time frame. Okay, well, if nothing else, I need X amount of spreads between Dece and March. Let's start getting them set ahead of harvest when they get to levels that are workable. So again, it's just having that idea and again, this relates to an origination with producers saying, look, instead of saying you're going to grow 150 bushels of corn 
per acre. You look at the total acres and use total big bushel amount. You're going to be doing this. This is going to happen. You've planted this. God willing, you're going to have some percentage of this outcome. Let's get started selling and get some covers on some costs as we get into harvest, you know, through the rally season. So, you know, it applies to, to, to elevators just as pertinently. Yeah. It, except the elevators don't get, uh, can't, can't set spreads up to their insurance level. Or can you? <laughs> um, but so that brings up another point is, is a, a lot of guys, they think, ah, you know, spreads are hanging around. They're decent carry. They're not great carry. I'm not, I don't need to set a bunch. They're not going away. But then what happens is when they do go away really fast, everybody starts panicking. Mm-hmm. It's like, these March was, I didn't care when they were 12 because they're probably going to go to 15. But now, now they're, they're two or three. <laughs> it's like, should I just set some? I, it's most of my, it's not all of my carry, but it covers some. And that way it'll, yeah. you know, in case it inverts, should I? And so it's crazy the amount of spreads that get set. When it's, it's another thing of looking back at the at the history, you see this little dip that only lasted three or four weeks. And it's easy to say, oh, that was it. But it came right back, right? Dude, in that three or four weeks, There's everybody freaked the hell out. It's kind of like stock market when it, tanks there's so many people that are dumping stuff and then they wake up and it's like oh it's back up what happened yeah this is the same thing happened with spreads and that's exactly what we've seen corn spreads do this past week yeah gotten back to these big levels so uh that's why we said earlier it's a second chance if you need carry spreads get them set there's no reason to wait at all it's the greed, hope, and fear school of marketing that we little cartoon thing that we do for yeah Phil put it out but you can put it on the Dece July or Dece March corn spread this year because it, it, it tanked it. And it's true. I mean, we had tons of, of guys like, you know what? Hey, it's four or five. I can get by with that. You know, let's, I'm just going to set it because it might go away again because it was just two. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's it's scary. So <clears throat> so the other thing that pre-spreads allow you to do is you don't have to panic in those situations. You do have some set. And, you know, it's like, all right, I may have to redo logistics here, try to sell stuff sooner and all this stuff. But I do have some mm-hmm. ability to go forward. And you, it causes less of a panic when you get yeah. those. So those guys have, even though, hey, we waited and we're going to wait till it rolls. It may ro- roll off at 12. I don't know what it'll do. It's at 10 now. we got a couple weeks Who left. Yeah. So anyways, it, maybe it won't. Maybe it crashes again. I, I have no idea. Obviously, I have no idea what it's going to do. But... The, the guys that didn't do their pre-spreads at just regular, decent, average levels have terrible averages this year because they panicked yeah. at the at that time. So it's uh, it definitely helps. Yeah. Now, thankfully, basis has come up and, and made up a lot of that in many markets. Uh, not all markets, but a lot. But, it's, again, it's still it's a cost of, of experience here. And uh, it'll be good, you know, and it may be we may not see another year like this for seven, eight years. Or we can see it next year. Who knows? But it's good, I think, that the industry has been a while since we've gone through one of these. We're back in it again, and it benefits everybody, whether you were the one that's stuck selling a bad or getting a bad spread set, bad being relative, obviously, uh, compared to where they're at or where they were. Or if you're a lender listening and trying to wonder why the elevator's cutting millions of dollars of checks in a really short amount of time this year, uh, all these things. This is a good refresher for for our industry to go through um, to make sure all the all the gears are turning as they should, so to speak. Yeah. So if this fall sucked for you and spreads, you know, got you frustrated, you're not alone. And 
but you can't change the past. Let's look forward and move on and look towards next year and think about things like, hey, we might have a big inverse this summer. I'm not going to get tempted to put my hedges in the wrong crop year or do anything stupid. <laughs> don't do anything <laughs> stupid, please. So what you mean, don't hedge do crop corn in July? <laughs> no, don't do it. Or, or, or beans or rice or oats <laughs> even. I don't know. But any, but the point is, I mean, learn from it. Learn, learn from what happened and move on. Think about the steps right. you're going to take next year. And another big thing, when spreads are like this and we do see inverses, we have high demand markets, getting stuff bought for new crop may be harder, but a lot of, a lot of the sales that get made it, for new crop, even other inverses, usually end up being pretty good yeah. sales for the farmer. Yeah. And for you, just like this year, hey, if you'd have had more stuff bought ahead of time you'd had it bought at a good basis a traditional harvest Mm -hmm. basis farmer would have had you know decent prices hopefully but but you would have had better basis and um probably some care getting yeah (laughs) and it motivated that but but it versus this year when we got into harvest basis was stronger you bought a lot higher basis so so a lot of things looking forward of opportunity Mm -hmm. you can see going forward and and just you know learn from the learn from what happened and make use it to make better decisions in the future and if you want to take that knowledge and actually turn it into wisdom you know these march uh for the 21 crop that spread is trading today believe it or not put in a target put in a target for some percentage amount you know if it costs you two cents a month to carry corn you need what is that four five cent carry to to cover that so times three Whatever, however many months. It's I told you I'm not sometimes. a numbers guy. <laughs> if it's above six cents, consider getting some set. Put you in a target in at ten. I don't care. Just the fact is, do some kind of math there. Put a target in. Let it work for you. Some some percentage of what you're going to need. Yeah. Put and it into work, it and it'll be a great early warning uh, alert when it fills. You'll you'll it'll bring you back to it. Oh, hey, this filled. Uh, where it spreads out? What am I thinking? We're going to need what? Where am I at in the calendar now? Yeah. Use tools to your advantage. It doesn't cost anything to use it. Yeah. Just like, again, we tell our producers, use the market to your advantage. Use the time in market, not timing of market. See what I did there? There we go. Just carry on. There you go. Hey, we're going to be in this business for years to come, hopefully. So look forward and, uh, and you know, nobody cares. Work harder. And don't let your sump pump pipes freeze. That's all I know. <laughs> There you go. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Well, we appreciate you listening. As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. And for Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevator's Cut. Oh!